Well, hey, book lovers, what is up? Welcome back to Hey, I'm Writing, the podcast where we're breaking down the behind the scenes of the book world that people just aren't talking about these days, the messier side of things, and bringing you great tips and tricks from your favorite authors, as well as breaking down their origin stories, how they started in this industry. And today we are super excited because we are welcoming author Zara Quentin. She is known for her Air Woman series, and she's just taken part in a 52 book project where during this year, they're bringing you 52 retellings. How cool is that? She is breaking down exactly how she got into the industry and how she got started in the world of being an author. And she has a really amazing accent. I think you guys are going to like this one. I'm super excited. Let's dive in. Zara, welcome so much to Hey, I'm Writing. I am incredibly excited. This is the first time we're hanging out. Hi, KM. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I wanted to dive in and talk a little bit about your publishing life. Uh, I know you've got a couple of books out now and you've been a published author for three years now. Is that correct? That's right. Since around about October 2016, it was when I published my first book. Fantastic. So how did you end up getting your first book published? I actually, it had been my dream to be a published author for, um, you know, a long time. Uh, you know, it was when when I was a kid, I was, you know, writing and, and all that kind of thing. And then I um, kind of had a period uh, of postnatal depression with my children, with my um, kind of second and third children were born. And I wanted to, um, and, and I used writing as a bit of kind of therapy for me. So um, after my third child was born, I got an opportunity to work with a bit of a, a coach. And I used that opportunity to kind of coach my, uh, to get get coaching through the, the writing process to actually um, completing the editing stuff and then um, actually having the courage to go ahead and put it out there. So... That was really the the way I kind of came to publishing was through having the opportunity to to get a coach to do that. Now, I love that you've worked with a mentor to really build up what you were doing within your author brand. So what did that look like for you and what did you learn from it? It really was great. I learned a lot and I started working with her. um, It was a year-long experience. I started working with her on an idea and fleshing out that idea. She was a specific writing coach. Um, she had a kind of process of um, bringing um, an idea, developing that, and um, then kind of holding my hand through the, the drafting process, not so much um, to help me write it or anything, but as kind of motivation to keep going, which I think sometimes for new writers is difficult to get to the end. And, and so she, she kind of held my hand and gave me, um, you know, kind of a um, encouragement when I needed it through that process. And then um, she also had some developmental editing background. So she helped me to edit um, that story to start with. And then we went through, um, and then we kind of went through the, the process of um building a website and getting some social media started and um, and and then she put me in contact with an actual editor and I went through the process of doing some formal um, 
formal editing with with them and we kind of got through all of that journey to putting the the version together that was going to go up on you know on the amazon and and the other book retailers as well so i was wide at that time so um we put the book up everywhere basically that's really interesting and you've been published for three years now so looking back what did you learn early on that could benefit our listeners Early on, I think having the determination to write through to the end and seeing some of those things as milestones, um, getting to the point where you've got, a, you've got a finished manuscript is really important. You can't be published unless you actually finish a story. And I think that's one of the first things that you have to learn as an author, that you can't publish until you're finished. So writing through to the end is really important. And then, and I had, before I'd worked with a coach, I'd, had, I'd done finished manuscripts before, but I'd never had the courage to actually go back and edit them. So I think that was one of the major things for me was rather than getting to the end and going, oh, this is terrible and putting it in, you know, in the bottom drawer and going, I'm never, ever <laughs> looking at that ever again. I actually took, um, you know, took a small break from it and then came back and, um went through that editing process and had the had the courage of kind of looking at the story as a whole um, and rather than berating myself about how the first draft wasn't perfect, I went through and um, started to almost like deconstructing a jigsaw puzzle and then building it back up again to look better. And I, I think that having the courage to kind of go through that process was really um, important and to, to think of it not as your baby but as um, something that you can improve and um, work on and get to kind of a um, a state where other people will understand your work and, and enjoy your work. So because it's got to be obviously cohesive first and then work to a level where people are going to really want to read it. So it sounds like for you, one of your big obstacles was actually being willing to go back and refine your work and look at what you had created. And you had gone through the process of writing that book and finishing it, but you had to get it into a state where it was ready to go out. What other obstacles did you feel like you faced as you were getting into the publishing world and kind of over the last couple of years? I think at first, certainly the fear of putting myself out there. I think authors, and I'm no exception, authors are really introverts in general and um, having the courage to um, kind of pull my hand up on social media and say, actually, I'm an author, um, I have a book out and, um, and starting to then network with other authors and readers and, um, and, and then kind of put your book out there for people to read and some of them will love it. Others will kind of be like, oh, well, you know, that was fine. <laughs> so, you know, you have to you have to take the good with the bad. And I think that that was a really big thing for me was, was that kind of initial foray into social media. And it's amazing when you look back over, when I look back over three years and think about how afraid I was of actually doing that to begin with and how much, you know, less afraid or, or how much more confidence I have doing that now is is really amazing in that kind of quite a short period of time, although it feels like a lot longer than that. Now, you mentioned networking, and that is one of the most important things that an author can do is to build up that tribe of people around you and have that network where you can really rely on them 
to help you within your journey. So what does your network look like for you? What kind of people do you surround yourselves with? How do you find these people? And what advice do you have for people just jumping in who should be networking? I've done a lot of probably networking with other authors via Facebook has probably been, you know, um, one of the one of the main ways that I've done networking um, Facebook groups, finding people who are kind of like-minded, who write similar things, who are, you know, excited about stories and, you know, books and reaching readers and all that kind of thing. And I think Facebook has been a great resource for that. Um, obviously, I said earlier, um, I have a coach or I, I used to have a coach and that was um, a key part of my network at the beginning. Um, and I still kind of see her via Facebook every now and again. And I think in real life, having, you know, real people around you as well, um, uh, my husband, my kids, my, you know, family who are um, really excited always to hear about the latest project and what I've been doing and all that kind of thing. And so then that's really nice as well. But probably in terms of other authors and readers, I think Facebook has been the main kind of, platform for networking for me. I'm a big fan of social media. You guys know I'm a social media strategist. So I love that you are really investing your time into Facebook and you're using it not just to interact with your fans, but to network and to build up that support system around you. So big props to that. I love that. And I want to change gears just a tiny bit because I want to get into your writing. So can you give us a behind the scenes look at what your writing process looks at looks like? Well, I'm a busy mum with three kids um, and I have, a, I have a day job as well. And so whilst a lot of the experts say, you know, get up really early and write first thing in the morning, that is not the way I do it. Um, you know, I'd really love to be one of those people who starts the day off with writing. It would be great. But I tend to start my day off with, you know, a call out from one of the kids <laughs> to say, I'm awake, come get me. So um in general, I write after dinner, after I put the kids in bed and have a bit of quiet space um, and, you know, I have kind of a word count that I want to hit every day and I kind of just sit and write and um, with all plan or edit or wherever I am at the um, in the process for any particular project and I just... Do it then. That's really that's really my process. And I like that you have a specific word count that you try to hit. So you sit down, you've got everything ready around you, and you go for that specific word count. And I think that's really important because it doesn't matter how long it necessarily takes you as long as you are hitting that word count and you're accomplishing that for the day. But when you sit down at your desk or in your writing space, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like as you're getting ready to jump into your manuscript? So I have a very flexible uh, arrangement. So my workspace is wherever my laptop is. Um, I have found that since um, I am a parent, I have to be more flexible and just willing to go anytime. So um, I have my laptop. I'm either sitting on the couch. I might be in bed. I might be at the at the dinner table, and that is where my writing space for 
that hour or two hours or whatever I have. And um, really, as long as I have my laptop with me, I have everything I need. And so that's um, that's really how I, how I work it out. And I have Scrivener open. I have my little notebook. I usually have a, uh, a pen and paper notebook still with me and I like to scribble things and all that kind of stuff. So they're the, probably the two main things that I must have is my notebook and my laptop and I'm good to go. I love that. Do you find that you're taking a lot of notes as you're writing? Do you keep a lot of notes and side things as you're going? I do keep a lot of notes while I'm writing. Um, I probably have a big, uh, a, a chunk of time that I spend before I actually dive into drafting where I do lots and lots of scribbling and note taking. And, and some of that will be in my notebook. A lot of that will be in my notebook. When I feel like I've got a more solid um idea and kind of pathway through um, a story I tend to use Scrivener and some of the note functions there so while it's not really drafting it's kind of rough outlining type type thing I do lots of um, playing around with stuff inside the um, what I call the book space the where where I'm going to be writing the, the book eventually but I'm, I'm using um, some of the just the little you know pieces of whatever they call them, scenes or whatever those little pieces of paper are in Scrivener. And then I just write lots and lots of notes in there and then hide them away in a, a folder that's kind of just notes and whatever. That's fantastic. So when you sit down and you're working, how do you go about fleshing out your characters? That's a good question. And I think probably for me, some of that comes out in the story planning stage and some of that comes out in the first draft so I tend to feel like I've got a bit of a feel for the character and then uh, I um, I have an idea about what 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 their journey is going to be throughout the story and I start to do um, that kind of rough outlining and I I have a um, kind of a script for this, not a script for the story, but like a, it really is just a, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and, you know, this is a bit of backstory and this is, you know, the family situation or living situation or whatever. And I, I kind of keep writing in that kind of style until I feel like I have a solid feeling for both the story and particularly the main character. And then that kind of solidifies as I draft, as I write the first draft, that that feeling for character. So I don't have checklists and I don't have kind of conversations with the character so much in particular, but I but I feel like I, I come at it with an idea and as I write and as I flesh it out, that idea kind of solidifies into the character. Now, do you find that you are more of a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between as you're writing? I think I'm somewhere in between. I try not to really start a story until I have a fairly good idea about where it's going to go and what's going to happen. And that does change and, and you know, details emerge while I'm drafting. But I do try and have a fairly good idea because otherwise I just find that either I don't finish or I, I kind of write myself into a, a place where I'm like, well, actually, I have to put this aside and start again, you know, even with the same idea. So I try and have a good idea about where that 
um, story is going to go and what the characters are going to look like. And a lot of that is done in my rough outlining phase where I'm um, kind of putting it, the story into a, um, it's, it's not dot point so much, but it's um, a, and kind of narrative of, okay, this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and so-and-so is going to do this and this is a bit of backstory. I'm going to have a flashback to a period in someone's life or, you know, we're going to have another point of view from this character. And so it's it's a, a bit of a narrative of how the story is going to flow. And that's really probably planning, uh, mostly planning, and then once that is fairly bettered down, I'll usually do try and do a bit of a scene breakdown and then I'll start drafting. So I'm very much a very much a planner or a plotter. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Now within your stories, you have quite a bit of world building. We've got a lot going on inside of your stories. So talk to me a little bit about how you work with your world building. Do you plan that out before? Do you just take notes as you go and discover it? What does that look like for you? So with my first series, uh, Air Woman, the world building came about in an interesting way. I kind of called it like an evolutionary way when I started to write it. And because I found that when I was um, when I was plotting and planning and asking myself questions about the story, um, it came... Um, it kind of came about a bit organically. So it grew out of some of the ideas I had for the story. So, for example, um, the main idea for that story was um, came about when I had this vivid, vivid dream about um, a woman sitting on my windowsill and she had wings and she was running from something. And that was really um, that kind of vision has stayed with me and so I'd, I had to write about it. So I was living in New Zealand at the time, you know, there's volcanoes, there's, you know, kind of, um, I, I could see a volcano from my window, you know, there was like, it's, it's a different kind of environment and uh, that a lot of that kind of stuff came into my story and particularly because when I was like, well, why would a woman have wings? So, you know, obviously it's to fly. So so why, why would a person need to fly? And so then it came about, well, if she needed to fly because she had to, needed to fly through a portal to another dimension. And so, well, why would that be a, a thing that she would need to do? Why would that, um, you know, why would, why would someone have evolved to have wings they could fly through a portal? And so it came about that, um, you know, through that kind of exploratory process that I was like, well, um, she's part of a, a race of people who are kind of guarding the worlds um, and they need to be able to traverse through the portals to be able to guard, you know, the worlds of the Dragonverse. And it became the Dragonverse because um, I was thinking, well, if they have, if they have wings and, um, you know, one of the, the, things that you hear about um, religion sometimes is people are made in the image of their God. And I was thinking, well, if she's made in the image of her God, then her God has, you know, maybe wings. And that kind of came about, I was like, well, maybe the dragons are gods. And so part of the world building kind of came about in terms of an, more of an evolutionary 
idea in terms of, you know, why would the characters have these particular physical traits that they have and and how would that then look like in the world? And if you have a person with wings, then they can't, then where would they live? Would they live maybe in a tree? Although you'd have to be, they'd have to be very big trees if a person, you know, a full-size person with full-size wings is going to be able to land in it. So maybe she lives at the top of the cliffs and they, you know, have their uh, homes in the cliffs, you know. So some of that kind of stuff came about that way. And I really enjoyed that process. It was a lot of fun. Now, I love that you used your environment to kind of inspire what you were writing in your story. So do you find that you use your surroundings to influence what you're writing? And if you do or don't, where else are you finding inspiration for these things? I get a lot of inspiration from my surroundings. I love getting out and about in nature. Uh, we um, obviously, I've I've travelled a lot and I've lived in um, different places in the world as well. And one of those places was New Zealand, and and that's kind of a big um, feature for me, particularly in those novels, because um, that's where I really that's really where I started writing the novel that was going to be eventually published. So I really feel like I started my writing career in New Zealand. And I do get a lot of inspiration from uh, traveling, from going to new places, from seeing, you know, other amazing architecture or beautiful, um, you know, natural features. And so I, I really love that. Um, and experiences that I've had when I've, you know, been traveling can sometimes kind of worm their way into, into books, um, you know, like a, a street performer on a, on a street corner that, drew my eye, you know, can spark off a little story. You know, that kind of thing I, I get a lot of inspiration from. We'll be back in just a minute with more advice from author Zara Quinton all about travel and writing. But first, a quick word from one of our affiliates. Are you a fan of retellings? If you love unique twists on stories that you know and love, you're going to love J.M. Sullivan's Second Star, which happens to be a Peter Pan retelling set in space. Check this out. Wendy Darling worked her entire life to rise through the ranks of the prestigious London Air Brigade. Now, as a captain, she has everything she's always wanted, including a ship and crew of her own. But when the brigade receives a strange transmission from the legendary James Hook, lost a hundred years earlier in uncharted space and presumed dead, Wendy is willing to risk it all to rescue her hero. She races to the planet known only as Neverland, her mission to find the long-lost crew and bring them home. But there is more to Neverland that meets the eye, and more to Hook than what was written in the history books. When Wendy Crash lands on the ominous planet, she quickly discovers Neverland's dark secret, a malevolent being known as the Shadow that's looking for a host body to escape its eternal prison. To fulfill her mission, Wendy must decide whether to trust the dashing Hook or the mysterious fleet mechanic who goes by the name of Pan, and she has to decide quickly before the darkness consumes them all. You can check out Second Star by J.M. Sullivan everywhere books are sold. Okay, friends, let's get back into our interview. Now, you said you travel quite a bit and you pull inspiration from the world around you. So if you were going to give some advice to those of us who are maybe a little less traveled, where would you let us know that we should go to get inspiration if we're writing fantasy or sci-fi or even contemporary novels? What's the best and most inspiring places that we should check out? Well, I can give you a, a few places that I have been really inspired by. Um, but to ask the second part of the question, I think to get inspiration, you just really have to have your eyes open um, and, you know, kind of look around at what's around you because it's not necessarily, 
the place in particular, but some of the features, some of the, um, you know, the markets or some of the people that you see interacting uh, in particular or some people on public transport or um, particular experiences that you might witness when you're walking around in a city um, or things that you might pick up or see when you're um, hiking uh, and there's no one else around. So um, and I find that in particular really inspirational because when there's no one else around, your brain is kind of working really um, not hard, but, you know, it's, it's being its best creative self, I think. So um, I think if you're writing kind of fantasy, um, particularly epic fantasy, some of the European cities are great because you just feel like you're in that um, um, that kind of place anyway because of the, you know, the beautiful architecture and the, the old feeling that you have there. Um, I really liked Zealand for visiting um, some of those kind of um, unstable landscapes. Uh, you know, you can go to places where there's like hot gazes and, um, you know, there's, there's earthquakes and there's flash floods. And I mean, not that I would say that you should go anywhere dangerous, but there are places that you can go and you see these kind of really unusual natural features. And I think that they can be really interesting in, in a world building sense to play around with some of the, the way that um, unstable environments infect, affect your characters. Um, where else? Uh, I think um, there's something, I think also sometimes when you go to a place with a very different culture to your own um, can really be very inspiring because sometimes we have ideas about the way that we interact with people just as we go through our daily lives and going into a different culture and um, where those kind of norms aren't necessarily the way that, um, you know, your daily life is going to play out can um, make you think about or and give you ideas for different stories and different way, ways characters behave and that kind of thing. So is that three? I think that was three, but that was... <laughs> That's some advice. <laughs> All right. Let's switch gears just a little bit. I know you have given us so much great advice today, a lot of really great information, but I want to dial down and talk about advice that you have for people who are aspiring authors, who don't have anything published, who want to be in the publishing world, but aren't quite there yet. What advice do you have for them? Do a lot of writing. Um, study the craft. Um like work on your stories, um, especially when you're at the point where you're not yet published. I think um, getting a really good understanding of um, stories, how stories work, how to write a really good story, yeah, that's going to give you a really good platform for moving forward. I think um, having the courage to um, work with someone who's going to give you really valuable feedback and I'm thinking particularly kind of developmental editors, um, um, you know, beta readers, trusted friends who um, kind of know the genre that you write and are going to be able to give you some frank advice and some constructive advice on how to improve your manuscript and improve your writing. I think that's really um, valuable. And sometimes it's hard to put your work out there for someone to um, read and critique, um, but I grew more uh, when 
I went through that process. And I continue every time I do it to grow more as an author because people who read your work can point out things that you do often or you, that you don't do and they can improve, you know, point out ways to improve your story that you just can't see because you're too close to it. And I think that is probably one of the most valuable things that I have learned in the past, you know, three years. And and it's a key part of my process because I, I think that you, you keep growing when you keep inviting feedback on your work. Um, and so that's really important. And then the readers get to see the end product of that, obviously, which is a better um, a better story for them. And... The other thing I would say is just kind of look around you at the authors who are doing well and see what they're doing uh, from a marketing sense, from a um, you know social media sense. See what they're doing and uh, have the courage to give it a go as well. So that is really well said, and I feel like the more people you invite in for feedback, the better you're going to do, the stronger you're going to grow, and the faster you're going to get to where you need to be. So I really love that answer. But what would you say to people who are brand new in the industry? So they have a book coming out in the next couple of months, or they just put one out. What advice do you have for them? Well, there are lots of great resources out there about um, promotion and marketing, and unfortunately, um, for those of us who aren't um, so used to putting ourselves out there and having to um, promote and market their books. That is one of the um, key parts of being an author and there's um, there's kind of no getting around that even though the writing is, you know, at the heart of everything and the storytelling is at the heart of everything, um, if you want to find other readers for your books, then um, you have to be able to do some um, effective marketing and promotion of your of your books, and I think there are some really great uh, resources out there about um, kind of how to get your books into the hands of readers. And there's lots and lots of different ways to do that. Um, and some people um, uh, do, you know, advertising. Some people are really great on social media. Some people, um, you know, use Facebook really well. Others use Twitter. Others, you know, do a bunch of different things. And I think kind of doing a bit of investigating um, and delving into some of those resources is really um, useful and then kind of choosing a thing to focus on because when you're brand new, um, often the um, idea is to try and do everything. And I think, and, and I still fall into this trap that you kind of think, oh, okay, you know, I've got a great idea, I'm going to start doing this. But really I think one of the key things to getting traction is to kind of pick one thing and try and do it really well. Um, and, and do something that kind of is um, comfortable for you that you kind of feel good about doing. So if that's social media, then, you know, focus on that. If, it's, if you kind of prefer to do advertising, then, you know, try, try something like that instead. And, but kind of focus on one thing and, 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 and get kind of good at that, I think, rather than trying to do too much um, with everything. And in the last three years, you have focused in, figured out what you are good at, and you've really applied yourself to that. So what advice do you have for those of us who are established authors and have been in the industry a while? Well, there's always things to learn. I think that's, um, I think that's key, that there's always new things to learn. Um, obviously, the industry changes pretty fast. And um, there's always a challenge to get readers um, 
for you know your next book and your next book um so i suppose where i'm at at the moment is um i'm uh, you know focusing on you know the writing um writing the next book you know coming up with the next idea for the for the books after that and um uh, and then kind of focusing my attention again on getting better at those those marketing and, and um, promotion type things. So um, I feel like I'm maybe along the curve, but there's a way to go. And I think that there's, I think even for established authors, uh, um, acknowledging that it's a journey and that, you know, no matter if, no matter how far along that journey you are, there's always new things to learn and to refine and to get better at. Before we let you go, can you tell us a little bit about your books? So I have um, two series out. So the Airwoman series, a trilogy, which is a, a YA fantasy adventure. I talked about that um, earlier. Um, and I have a, um, a new project launching um, this year, which is a, a collaboration project with a bunch of other authors. It's a um, 52 book um, fairy tale uh, adventure um, with 12 different series, one overarching storyline. And my um, component of that, my four novellas are coming out in August. Um, it's the first of which is called The Queen of Clockwork. And it is in an Alice in Wonderland retelling, um, which I'm really excited about. It was a lot of fun to write. That sounds like so much fun. And if you guys are interested in more information on that, you might want to check out some of the Young Adult Edition live broadcast talk show episodes. We were chatting about it, and we are going to be having some of the authors on in the not-too-distant future to talk all about the launch of this 52-book project. So we're really excited about that. Uh, Zara, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you being here. Where can everybody find you on social media? So I'm on Facebook at Zara Quinton. I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, and you can find me at my website at www.zaraquinton.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here, and we can't wait to have you back. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. So there you have it, friends. In our next episode, we're talking all about tools for newbie authors. So if you're just getting into this industry, I'm breaking down everything that you could be using within your brand to grow your stories and your author platform. It's going to be lots of fun. And if you're not an author, all of these tools are great. If you are trying to market yourself, if you're trying to create a brand, if you are running a business, if you are an entrepreneur of any kind. So this is a great way for you to grow. And if you happen to be a blogger or a live streamer or you're creating videos or you're a bookstagrammer, all of these tips and tricks in this next episode are going to help you out so that you can grow and do all the cool things that you want to do within the book industry. And if you're loving the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe and do us a favor. We love your reviews. Leave us some stars. Leave us some comments. Let people know that you are enjoying the podcast and make sure you are letting people know that they can check out Hey, I'm Writing every single week because we are dropping brand new episodes every Saturday with amazing author origin stories and behind the scenes of the messier side of the publishing world that people just aren't talking about these days. We would love for you to come join us and hang out and bring your friends to the party. As always, you can come hang out every single Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern 
on facebook.com slash young adult edition for the live broadcast talk show with my fabulous co-hosts El Beaumont and Amber R. Duell, where we're hanging out with some of the authors from the podcast, other authors, and we're talking about bookish topics every single week, as well as breaking down book world news and new releases that you do not want to miss out on. So make sure you come hang out at facebook.com slash young adult edition. And if you are someone in the book industry who is loving on breaking news, we need some reporters to come hang out with us. We want to hear from you, and we want you guys to come and socialize with us on Young Adult Edition and Hey, I'm Writing, because we're doing all the fun things, and we can't do it without you guys as we're bringing you all this great breaking news. So come hang out, heyimwriting.com and youngadultedition.com. I'm Kay Robinson, your host for Hey, I'm Writing, and I'll see you again in the next episode where we're breaking down those tools for newbie authors or entrepreneurs of any kind. Can't wait to see you guys over there when I break down all the good stuff. Until then, have a great day and stay inspired.